I have noticed that I get I got scared recently. I just like a general discomfort with feeling close to someone. Yeah, for sure. Because of my past trauma. Yeah, exactly. And like kind of this like underlying belief that it's hard to pinpoint, but I think that there's like this tiny aspect of me that um, feels like like love or connection somehow leads eventually to pain. Oof. Oh my goodness. Welcome to The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. We are breakup coaches, here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of X-Files. We are so glad that you are here. We hope that you enjoyed last week's episode, Am I Settling? And this week, we're we're flipping the script. We're going to talk about being too picky. Uh, before we dive into it, we just want to remind everybody, if you like this episode, if you liked the last episode, if you have a favorite X-Files episode, or if we've generally been helping you with your breakup, it would be amazing if you would go leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and let us know. And with that, let's get into it. All right. So last week we spoke about settling in relationships, what that looks like, how to know if you're doing it. We're flipping things around this week to talk about another common dating question, which is, am I too picky? It's like the flip side. Yep. If you're recovering from a breakup, you could be asking yourself this. If you're struggling with regret over ending things and second guessing your decision, thinking, was I too picky in that relationship? Or if the relationship fell apart because one of you was unhappy, you could be wondering if you should have been more accepting of certain things. I have totally done that. Um, Absolutely like second guessing myself. Um, And you might just be listening to this episode because you're dating, um, you're single, and you'd rather not be. And you're wondering if your selection criteria is to blame. So regardless of the reason, we hope that you enjoyed this discussion. And with that, let's get into it. So I thought we would start with by talking about partner selection. Um, And I thought this might be a good place to begin because I think some people might worry about being too picky because they are focused more on what they can get out of the relationship or the person rather than what they can put into it. According to Hal Shorey, who's writing for Psychology Today, in his experience as a therapist, he noticed that when asked why people chose their partner, most clients respond with statements of their own needs and how their partner could fulfill them. So examples of this needs-based choosing include because she loves me, because he is a great provider, because she takes care of my needs, Shori suggests that pursuing relationships out of a desire to give rather than receive is a healthier way of selecting someone and refers to this as secure based choosing. He says examples of this type of secure based choosing include because she's a beautiful person, because I want to give myself to them, because I want to love and cherish her, so on. (laughs) This type of choosing is based in love as something to be given rather than a need to be met. 
This type of self-actualized secure-based choosing is a value-added proposition, whereas needs-based choosing takes away from the other person and comes out of a sense of lack and a belief in scarcity. And that is a quote from Dr. Shori. Of insecure attachment styles and selection, Shori states, people with insecure attachment styles, at least before they heal themselves, often come to relationships with unmet needs. Those with dismissing styles may have a need for unconditional love and validation. Those with preoccupied styles may have a need for a high level of consistency in their partners providing love and reassurance. Those with fearful attachment styles may need foremost a sense of trust, safety, and security. So Claire, I know that you know a lot about attachment styles. Uh, what do you think about attachment and being too picky? I think when you have, um, when you're on the spectrum that is moving slightly away from secure attachment, I think that leaves, it leaves room for you to be more picky about your partners mm -hmm. because you're you're looking for red flags you're you're on the high alert when you have like an anxious attachment style you're like oh i felt like they didn't text me as many times today as they usually did so they must not love me anymore like mm -hmm. i need like, self sabotage i need someone who yeah um, is more present could exactly. be something that someone an anxious could say Exactly. And mm -hmm. someone on the avoidance scale might say, you know what, they have too many needs. Mm -hmm. They're they're impacting my freedom. Um, I can't do this. They're not the right person for me. Mm -hmm. um, instead of looking for, you know, okay, this person meets like my values as a person and someone that I'm looking for in those respects, I'm willing to work on my self growth to come to meet them where they are as well, mm -hmm. or meet in the middle more. So, you know, I think that, I mean, I think we all have some element of unhealthy attachment styles um, because we've all, you know, had some sort of trauma in childhood of some degree. Um, so like this, this is a good question to ask, am I being too picky? Um, because there, no one is perfect, right? I think mm -hmm. last week we talked about, um, you know, like if someone isn't um, isn't fulfilling certain needs that you have, then you know, yeah, you might be settling. Um, but I think part of that conversation, and I think we touched on it a little bit when you were saying, you know, the person you're dating right now doesn't eat any vegetables and he doesn't cook. Those, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, are imperfections, right? But they're not like values-based needs right. that you have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as someone who might be wondering, am I too picky? They'd be like, he doesn't eat any vegetables. Uh -huh. um, I can't be with this person, even though mm -hmm. everything else is there, you know? <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Rather than, um, you know, thinking about like, what can I give to him and why do I want to give it? Yeah, yeah, Which is exactly. what this is talking about, more of yeah. a secure-based. The secure-based attachment, that's good. So let's now talk about another reason you may feel 
too picky. And that is that you are going out with the wrong person, the yes. wrong people in the first mm -hmm. place, and perhaps not being discerning or intentional enough during your selection process. Oof. This can lead to continuing to make the same mistakes with partners or potential partners, leading to confusion about why things never work out or why you're so often left unsatisfied, which may end up with you wondering if you're too picky, when in reality, you're just continuing to go for people that you're incompatible with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Like if you date the same person, you know, over and over again, Yes, you might be unsatisfied over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is uh, akin to continuing to date only your type, quote unquote. And you may think that you're dating your type because you're picky and because you have high standards, but your type may be leading you to play out the same patterns over and over again because you're dating people that have so many similar qualities. Mm-hmm. Yes. So discernment and intentional dating can look like swiping on people who are a maybe and getting to know them, chatting with them before deciding to go out with them or not. So I know some people on the apps, for instance, will only date on people who have like certain physical characteristics. When I was on the apps for a short amount of time recently, I swiped on people who I was like, I could kind of go either way. If they said something in their bio that I thought was cool and decent, and I thought their photos were all right, I would yeah. swipe on them. Yeah. And you know what? It was great. I met some really cool people. If I would have stayed on the apps, I would have kept going with that strategy because it, it really worked for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, it can also look like dating someone who is not your type physically because you have great chemistry with them. I mean, how many times have you had just a great conversation with someone who you weren't necessarily physically attracted to? I say that, I mean, I think conversation should be, um, taken a lot more seriously or valued yeah. a lot more when it comes to dating yeah. rather than just physicality. Yeah. Also like going back to the pictures thing, some people mm -hmm. just are not photogenic or they just don't know their angles. And so, you know, their photos, you're mm -hmm. like, Meh, and then you yes. meet them and you're in person and you're like, wow, you are gorgeous. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, I yeah, you're so right. And I know, you know, speaking as a woman who dates men, I think maybe some dudes just aren't really aware of yeah. photos and if they look at it in yeah. them or not, they're like, yes, because that's like, my they face. don't care. I will post that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they don't care. They're like, that's what mm -hmm. I look like, I think. And on the flip side of this, some women, you know, will take a hundred photos and pick, you know, the one, yeah. and then maybe you'll meet her in person and she doesn't look as good Quite as the, the photos. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I am all about the maybes in dating, including mm -hmm. what we're going to talk. I think I put this on the list. Maybe I didn't. So if you go on a first date with someone and it's a maybe for a second date, then I say that's a yes for a second. It's date. a yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least yeah, go on I, that second date. I was if, in if a like, clubhouse oh, a room. Time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, you can't know everything on, on the first date. Yeah. And if you had a good conversation, I say schedule something. Exactly. Um, I did my clubhouse room the other day and we were asked to go around and give like our top dating tip or one of our top dating tips. And that was what I said. 
nice. said, go for the short first date, see if you have a good conversation with the person. And if you have a good conversation and you feel like it's a maybe, then go for the second. Date. Yeah. Yeah. First yeah. date is it's just a winning strategy. Yeah. First date is just a vibe check. Like, it's just yes. like, would I, would I hang out with this person again? Mm-hmm. Yes. But if you're really picky, <laughs> you might be like, well, it wasn't fireworks or yeah. I it was didn't friend like vibes. this thing. There mm-hmm. were no, was no chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we got along, but it, it felt more platonic. Like those are all like, I think indications you should go for a second date. <laughs> yes, I agreed yeah. completely. Mm-hmm. So discernment and intentional dating might also look like going slow in dating to see how your relationship with a person evolves before getting too serious. You really need time to think about stuff in between seeing someone. It can also look like dating someone who has a background that is different from other people you have gone out with. Yeah. So again, not just sticking to one type and um, getting a full range. I think it'll, it'll help you to make better decisions. I agree. So another cause of being too picky or worrying about being too picky Mm -hmm. is having a fear of intimacy. Hello. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've struggled with this a little bit and I find it such a fascinating topic. Yeah. Fear of intimacy is defined by Carol J. Deschutner and Mark H. Thelen in their paper, Development and Validation of a Fear of Intimacy Scale as the inhibited capacity of an individual because of anxiety to exchange thought and feelings of personal significance with another individual who is highly valued. Yeah, I think a lot of us have probably been there. But Um, people don't talk about this a lot. People are mostly talking about really wanting to be in relationships, but we don't talk about how scared so many of us are with intimacy. Yeah. And I, I do have, you know, I, um, always test for having secure attachments. And I think that I do, I'm great with communication. I think I attract good people, but I have noticed that I get, I got scared recently. I just like a general discomfort with feeling close to someone. Yeah, for sure. Because of my past trauma. Yeah, exactly. And like kind of this like underlying belief that it's hard to pinpoint, but I think that there's like this tiny aspect of me that um, feels like, like love or connection somehow leads eventually to pain. Oof. Oh my goodness. I know it's like this, like deep belief that's in there that I have because of, you know, having bad breakups and, you know, abuse and parents who, you know, aren't that caring. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm just I know. thinking of this Laura Marling song, New Romantics. You can't find it anywhere now because, you know, Taylor Swift released a song called New Romantics. So I think <laughs> she bought, she bought the rights to using the name everywhere. Damn. Okay. But um, it's like, I could never love a man because I can never hurt a man um, is one mm. of the one of the lines and that's very much like love leads to just getting eventually heartbroken um Mm -hmm. and you know i i mean i don't think that's 
necessarily a reason not to do it anyway i i mean because when you play it out like someone's gonna die first even if you <laughs> this is depressing yeah i go i completely agree you're mm -hmm. going to be heartbroken eventually yes. even if you get the fairy tale happy ending so well, that's why we have this podcast is because <laughs> it, it just, it's a normal part of life really yeah relationships yeah. end but i think some people try end. to avoid that yeah. so much by and maybe being picky and sabotaging things before yeah. they get off the ground. Yeah, you know, because like if you're in control of the ending of relationships, then mm -hmm. um, it, it's a it's a little bit better than not being in control of the ending of relationships. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I think a lot of people will relate as well. Mm -hmm. So. We have loved creating free and accessible healing resources for people around the world who are looking for support on their breakups, broken hearts, and moving on journeys. Each day we receive DMs from many of you who have let us know the positive impact X-Files is making in your life. Our vision for the second year of our show is something that we both feel so completely. We are looking forward to continuing to share useful resources each week, but also expanding our offerings to help people go more deeply with their healing and growth. Part of our vision is expanding the connection with our community. And to do that, we are thrilled to be launching the X-Files Patreon. Growing this aspect of our community will allow us to keep creating great content for everyone each week and also start developing even more healing resources and support. We would love for you to be part of the first group of the X-Files patrons. So head to the link in the show notes now to sign up for either the $5 or the $10 level. And we will both be looking forward to connecting with you very soon. This, this fear of intimacy is characterized by sabotaging relationships, a history of short relationships, perfectionism in yourself and in others, and an inability to express your wants and needs, trust issues. That's a, that's a big one. You got that one on your bingo card. Um, <laughs> Self-imposed social isolation and insatiable sexual appetite. I know we're not here to talk about this, but isn't that interesting? It the is sexual really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, for a lot of people, like sex is a safe place to have like yes. shallow intimacy with mm -hmm. someone. It's like, you can't have a deep conversation about like your feelings uh -huh. or defining the relationship, uh -huh. but you're like, sex is where I get my intimacy because it's like, you know. That's what you're comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. Feels so, good. <laughs> yeah, it makes uh -huh. sense to me. Um, and yeah, oh, to of, me as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I so, mean, I, you know, I, in the past, I've had a hard time connecting on more of an emotional level with the same people who I like, you know cannot yeah, have great sex <laughs> stop with. having sex with yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> all right there are several causes of having a fear of intimacy including childhood neglect relationship trauma or abuse fear of rejection personality disorders and previous bad breakups it can be hard to spot and is something that a lot of people aren't even aware of 
It is just one possible answer to your feelings of being too picky, but it's something to explore. And this may be the perfect topic for another episode, especially because of my personal experience with it. But for now, if you think you might be coping with a fear of intimacy, you may want to reflect on the last few times that you felt yourself getting close to someone and what made you walk away. This could be really great for journaling and can help you uncover fears that you have around letting someone into your life. Another reason you may find that you're often ending things after feeling unsatisfied or discontent is that you haven't actually ever taken the time to figure out what you actually want in a relationship and therefore Mm -hmm. your selection process is 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 failing you basically it could be yeah like a subconscious thing like you're going after what you don't want because you don't consciously know what you want Exactly. Yeah. You have to, you have to figure out what it is that you do want. Cause otherwise you may be going for like what society tells you a good partner would be, but, um, you're not society. Like you're going to have needs that aren't in the, the checklist that we're given by Disney, you know, like, totally. yeah. A lot of people want companionship for companionship's sake. And don't take the time to think about what they want a relationship to actually look like. I read several articles and blog posts on this exact topic, and I did actually land on another bustle blog post. (laughs) They have such great content sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And this blog post was titled seven ways to figure out what you really want in your love life by Susanna Weiss. Okay. She has seven tips and I thought they were really great. So how to figure out what you want, Claire. All right. The seven tips. Think about your values. Ask yourself what's made you happy in the past. So, you know, all those failed relationships were good things because they were teaching you what makes you happy and what makes Mm -hmm. you not happy. Next, ask yourself what hasn't worked. So you know, and you've collected your data, let's analyze Mm -hmm. it. Then take time for yourself. This is really important. Um, You need time and space and Mm. like being alone in order to process the information that you've gathered. Mm. If you're in a relationship, periodically take time by yourself to assess it. Many people assume that you need a separation or a break in order to reassess and figure yourself out, but separation or break is really not necessary unless there's something seriously concerning you about your relationship, says psychotherapist Julia Colangelo, licensed clinical social worker. Her advice, slow down, step back, and first reflect on your current relationship reflect on what kind of relationship you've always imagined having Mm -hmm. and notice the difference between the two. It's so important, you know, just go slow with people, take days off. And then when you have the day off, instead of just missing them all day long, like actually think about what is happening, journal about it, Mm -hmm. talk to your friends about it, talk with the person about it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, reflect reflect oh, so and, okay there's two more two more ways two more or oh, wait three more three more all okay. right uh <laughs> third to last 
make a list. So this is where we keep bringing up that list of needs, wants, and desires. You can add traits in there, relationship dynamics, boundaries. This is this is like you writing down what this person would be like if you could design them yourself, right? And it can be a really fun and eye-opening exercise. Um, are you finding that you're having a hard time making any of these lists we keep mentioning? This might be a great sign that this is this is a, a comfort level you should push past because it might be useful to get to know yourself and your needs a bit more before you dive into dating and you get kind of like lost in the flow of yes. it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You re- you need to know what you want, what you want and why you're doing it. Yeah. I like to ask my clients when they tell me they want to date again, I like to just ask them why, why and see what they say. And so, you know, some people know and are ready and say, it's going to be fun and want, you know, have things to offer and want to meet new people. And yeah. Some people are a deer in headlights. Yeah. And if you don't even know why you're doing it, you know, maybe take a little bit more time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think people do it because they just think they're supposed to, or they have to, or there's something wrong with them if they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're just like, you know, lonely and bored, yes. you know, and, mm-hmm. and they're not recognizing it really as boredom maybe because they're like, yeah, oh, I mean, of mm-hmm. course I'm bored. I'm sitting at home by myself, mm-hmm. not doing anything. And it's like, that's the problem. You got to yes. do some stuff, but you got to right. entertain yourself. Um, all right. So second to last meet lots of people. We are big supporters of like having varied relationship experiences, varied Mm -hmm. dating experiences, lots of people from lots of walks of life, lots of varieties of people, all of the types. Um, (laughs) so, you know, experiment and, uh, go outside your type, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then lastly, listen to your anxiety. We're not telling you to just ignore your feelings mm-hmm. all the time. Like if something feels off or if there's a nagging bad feeling about someone, you are allowed to listen to that. It's reflecting on it later that may help you identify like, hey, like what was that? How mm-hmm. can I... Um, learn from that and start to identify what I desire in relationships because of that experience. So like, yeah, like your, your intuition and your feelings are valid. Um, I think we're just saying to push past the kind of maybe like more neutral feelings where you're like, I don't feel anything. i just feel friendship vibes with this person. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, go on a second date that sort of thing. We're not saying, hey, if for months and months you are like, this is not the right relationship for me, mm-hmm. you should listen to that. <laughs> and also maybe reflect on what exactly it, it is. And then you can try to yeah. avoid that in future relationships rather than continuing to play it out and yeah. then thinking that you're too picky because you're just playing the same thing out over and over. Mm. All right. So figure out what you want first before you start dating. Another reason you may feel that you are too picky and that people are constantly falling short is that you are looking for someone to complete you. This is a very, very common drive for people in our society. I mean, people actually say of their relationships, this person completes me, of course. Mm. Uh, So we're hearing it all of the time and we think that that's what relationships are. But as we 
talk about often on this podcast, wanting a relationship because you think it will make you happy, feel complete, cure your loneliness, satisfy a timeline, or put the finishing touch on your life is not a healthy foundation for said relationship. (laughs) Yeah. It's also not realistic. Like no one can complete you. This is a personal journey. A relationship can add joy to your life, but it cannot create your life. Like your life exists already. This is someone who like maybe is a catalyst for you or maybe just like together it's even better, but like Mm -hmm. you were fine apart. That's, that's what we're, what we're shooting for here. So as discussed in our settling episode, it's too big of a burden and too much responsibility for your partner to put that onus of you must complete me all the Mm -hmm. time, every day for the rest of our lives. Like that's crazy. So (laughs) therefore they're they're always going to fall short of this expectation that you put on them and you may stay in a cycle of constantly wondering if you're ending relationships because of being too picky if that's a cycle you've been in where you set these extreme expectations people obviously fall short you move on with your life and you realize like oh maybe they were actually great for me. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, they just couldn't meet this one, this one extreme unrealistic expectation that I had. This is why I have such a problem with women who only want to date men of a certain height. Ah, yeah. I I find that to be on on, in the too picky arena, but that's just me. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I know that this isn't, you know, necessarily something that women think completes them, but I just, I think it's, it's a little unrealistic. And also it's just like eliminating so many possibilities for, you know, good connections with good men. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like, I think our physical attributes, they, they are not like, they don't last a lifetime. They don't like signify who you are as a person, you know, that like, you you only dated over six foot because you wanted to be like a foot shorter than your partner. And then, you know, five has years in. has nothing they... to do with how he's going to treat you. Exactly. And then, you know, say he gets into an accident, he's in the wheelchair for the rest of his life. Like then his height really doesn't matter. Um, so you better like that person. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not, just... not to laugh because I don't want to be insensitive. It is. It is. You you're know, totally like, right. I'm, then I'm he's really... shorter than you. Yeah. <laughs> It's really, you know, like, you you know, it, I know I've, I've been really dark today saying your partner's going to die and they're going to be in a wheelchair and like, it's really awful. So I'm really sorry. Um, I, I just want to say something and we don't have to put this in, but do you know who Sean Bradley is? No. Oh, going back to basketball again. Uh, <laughs> so he was, he, oh, he's a Mormon actually. And he played for the 76ers and he was seven fucking feet tall. He yeah. was so huge. Um, he happened to go on the same mission as my grandparents. Um, so oh. I kind of, and yeah, and he was enormous anyways. Yeah. He recently got into a, an accident and he's oh, in a wheelchair no. now and his, oh. yeah. And his wife is yeah having to take care of him. And yeah. And she's yeah. like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he ain't seven feet no more. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like, that's, that's the point is that we want you to be in a relationship where things like that don't matter, you know? And that's yeah. why yeah. like height and, um, you know, how much money someone makes, like they can lose their job, like, or, you know, like, you can even if you have tons of investments and stuff, you can lose it all. Like, so mm -hmm. you have to you have to choose your partner wisely based on, you know, factors that aren't things that can that are, you know, um, can be taken away, I guess. Yeah, like, I guess superficial. Superficial. Factors. That's mm -hmm. it. There yeah. you go. Mm -hmm. Superficial. So we want you guys to have official relationships special <laughs> relationships <laughs> or super relationships we want you to have super relationships let's go that way um so all right so some similar dynamics to wanting someone who completes you is to want the fairy tale ending to believe in the one and having all or nothing thinking so i definitely relate to this i I see myself as being kind of a black and white thinker, um, mm -hmm. a moral perfectionist, if you will. Um, and that's something like I continue to work on to this mm -hmm. day. So another related mindset that might lead to being too picky or worrying that you are too picky is wanting or expecting nothing but fireworks and or walking away after the honeymoon phase ends. The honeymoon phase is one of our favorite topics. This would be on the bingo card if you're, or in the uh, X-Files drinking game, <laughs> would probably be um, talking about the honeymoon phase. The honeymoon phase is defined as the falling in love or infatuation stage of any relationship. And most experts agree that it lasts six months to two years. During this time, we feel enormous amounts of chemistry. Many couples want or have sex with each other constantly, and we idealize each other. It is the euphoric state that feels so good in new relationships. However, it is temporary, and the next phase is the settling in of a relationship, which, while it has its own perks, it's often not as exciting. It certainly is not what we would call euphoric. Says one of my favorite relationship experts, Gary Chapman, falling in love is the easy part. Maintaining that love is where it gets tricky. Once the initial honeymoon phase of infatuation is over, Love requires hard work to thrive. Mm. Chapman often states that this is when his concept of the five love languages comes in handy because it involves a conscious effort to keep the spark alive by going out of our way to make our partner happy. And mm. stay tuned because Claire and I are doing an upcoming episode on love languages. Love languages. Mm -hmm. Yes. So losing the spark or the euphoria can be very scary for some people. And some people will continue to chase that feeling by moving from relationship to relationship to relationship. So <laughs> yes. knowing what you want out of a relationship will help you be objective about the changing phases in the relationship and adjust rather than flee. And I think it's also, it's not just the movement from the honeymoon phase to the regular 
sort of everyday phase, but there's mm-hmm. also like a power struggle phase um, Ooh, where, okay. yeah, where there's, you know, you're kind of figuring out where the compromises are in the relationship mm-hmm. and things can go four ways. They create Ooh. like when once the honeymoon phase ends, you can go into a period where you're each offering each other stability and security. Um, You can also develop a power struggle based on attempts to connect. So you have the pursuer and the distancer, like the push-pull dynamic. Oh my God, totally. There can also be a power struggle based on shame. So like one person is fearful and one person is shameful. Um, And also on punishment. So like one person is demanding things and the other person is withdrawing and it's like two different types of punishment to the other person. So I am absolutely loving this is, yeah, I want to, I like, I want a book or something. Yeah. (laughs) I need to learn more. I I don't know anything about that. I've never heard this. I don't think. Yeah. Oh my God. We'll do this in another episode. Yeah, no, completely. I mean, I'm uh, like genuinely going to go and see if there's like a book or something. Yay. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Claire. Yay. I'm so glad. And I guess a lot of people, I, I mean, look, I have had, I haven't had a history of short relationships. I have had some long ones and then I've had many you know, short ones. So I get yeah. maybe that maybe I do have a history of short relationships, but I know that I am, I do, I have in the past chased the, the high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. And when you're young and stuff, especially like, of course. Um, and also my pattern is that I, for whatever reason, I still don't know exactly why, but I tend to attract men who just like pursue so hard. Yeah. And I love that feeling. And I know that it's not that it's not a healthy pattern because that does not necessarily lead to healthy relationships. Um, But it's just something that I've noticed about myself that I, that I do. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, "Mm, chase me. Um, I think (laughs) it has something to do with my Mormon background and, you know, you know, issue um, some of my experiences at BYU and feeling like undesired for a short amount of time. I don't know. It's, it's complex, but yeah, I do know that I kind of chase that. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of factors too, you Mm -hmm. know. So knowing what you want out of a relationship can help you to be objective about the changing phases in a relationship and adjust rather than just fleeing. Right. So if you're only chasing the high rather than chasing what you want out of a person, Uh then when you have that transition, you can be objective about it. Exactly. Yeah. So. Is being too picky a sign that you are not ready for a relationship? So there are many reasons why a person might not be prepared to connect intimately with someone, including you have some attachment wounds to heal. You've got fear of intimacy to work on. Those can be totally linked. Unprocessed trauma keeps getting triggered by relationships. You need to like process that. Um, You have a lack of boundaries. So... Mm -hmm you know, going into a relationship would be really overwhelming and hard for you. Um, Your relationship with yourself might benefit from some attention. Like maybe you don't really know yourself yet. Um, You'll never pick someone who's good for you if you 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 don't don't love yourself. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And finally, you might have a lack of clarity about what it is that you actually want out of a relationship. 
So if you're struggling to connect with people and finding that you're now turning the blame onto yourself, you may want to consider taking a break from dating to do you. And if you do this intentionally and you're proactive about your self-growth and discovery, you might find that you enter dating next time with a lot more satisfaction. Yes. Yeah. Take a break, you know, like figure things out. I am just, you know, kind of on fire about, you know, my own single journey and everything that I gained from it. And I just, I, I just wish that I could tell everybody and, or just like implore, you know, the world (laughs) to take, uh, like eliminate the need for a relationship from your life for a little while, because you really can gain so much. And if you're just wondering if you're too picky and finding that relationships just aren't working out and aren't working out, maybe there's something, you know, underlying that you could really benefit to work on. So we do talk about this a lot. I just want to remind you some of the benefits of being intentionally single. There are so many, you know what? I should make a list because I, you know, I did this post, um, yesterday about everything that I gained and I had to stop myself. I think I listed like seven things that I gained, but I really, I was like, well, I can only make this post so long. Um, but I think actually I should go in my journal and just keep on um, compiling the list and see how long I can make it because it was just life-changing. So some of the benefits, you strengthen your confidence, you become radically self-reliant, you learn more about self-care. I mean, when you're single and you have to provide that for yourself, it's, you're just, you're just, you get such a good relationship with self-care and learn what makes you happy. So, oh, I'm just thrilled about it. You you increase your level of self-trust. You overcome loneliness. You learn what you want out of relationships. And this may, and this is romantic and non-romantic. One of the big takeaways that I had from being single for so long was that I actually learned more what I wanted out of my friendships and also out of like what I wanted from like family members that I gained so much more clarity around that than I think I've ever had. And yeah, it was great. Mm, I know you wouldn't think that that would be a benefit or an outcome, but it, it has been for sure. And of course you learn to call all of the shots in your life. So I think that if you're struggling with wondering if you're too picky, this is turning into like a self-blame thing. And yeah, maybe you need to just reevaluate, you know, other things about your life. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so in conclusion, just like with not settling, we feel that you should have everything you want in your relationships. And wanting to leave a relationship is as good of a reason as any to end one. And if you're walking away for reasons you feel are valid, then they are valid. So, you know, like you are are welcome to be like, you know what? I don't think I'm being too picky. This is not my person. Great. That's amazing. And there are going to be people that you're like, wow, this is like literally everything I've asked for. And they're not my person also fine Mm -hmm. um and I don't really know how to how to articulate this but I guess even if what you're doing could qualify as being too picky it's still a reason to walk away because clearly you're not ready for the relationship yeah yeah does that make sense Uh yeah exactly like Mm -hmm. you know if 
Yeah, you gotta if go. If you're to- finding a reason to end something, even mm-hmm. if it's a good relationship, if you're finding a reason to end it, then you know it's yeah. it's <laughs> it's not it's not meant to be. Yeah. Right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now. And you know, like I think that that's that's when if you're confused on that decision, that's when you, you know, talk to a coach or a therapist and you start right. like doing the work mm-hmm. to like get into your own feelings about the situation and actually yeah. like break it down and learn mm-hmm. how to think about things in that yes. way. Mm-hmm. Um, and in how to like, you know, um, get still and like, listen to yourself. So yeah. Especially, yeah. you know, I think with this, the fear of intimacy or having, you know, a background of, with trauma, um, that it, it really helps to talk it, to talk it through with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, if you truly desire a relationship and believe that you have created a good foundation for one, and yet you find that you keep repeating the same pattern of being like disappointed and turned off when before or when you start to get close to someone, you know, there's still maybe some underlying issues that you may want to look at and stuff. So, you know, like if you find yourself in that repetitive situation, even though you're like, I'm ready for a relationship, right. like, yeah. let, let, let's go. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, these are lifelong things. Like, I don't think you just arrive eventually at being, mm-hmm. you know, a, a person who's figured themselves out. like. Oh, it continues. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, the two of us are the perfect example. You know, we're so self-aware and have done so much work on ourselves and still, you know, yeah. have things that come up when we connect with people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you're not in a vacuum anymore. And I know I, you know, I have some, you know, girlfriends, for instance, who love dating, love going on first dates, are have everything that you would think is, you know, ready in their life for relationship. And then after the first date, first or second date, just crash and burn, crash and burn, crash and burn, Hmm. you know, and that that's, that's more what I'm saying with this. It's like, I, there's something to look at there Yeah. when you're genuinely excited about dating, but it just keeps on not working out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially I, when I have, when I hear, you know, friends and clients saying that it keeps on working, not working out, like for the same reasons, mm-hmm. you know, the, I, another thing for my clubhouse the other day, we had someone come on and ask a question about something that was continuing to happen in her life. And I got on and I said, you know, the best way to break a pattern is to break it. <laughs> you know, like stop doing this shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So but it takes a lot of self-reflection I think for people to do that yeah yeah and you know I think sometimes people are too flooded to be able to like do that in the moment so especially when you're frustrated and you know you don't have you know all of the awareness and the tools that you know some people intentional people have it's just really hard to get outside of the situation and and look at maybe how you can take responsibility for it yeah, which I totally, I totally understand, but, and yeah. I, you know, people listening to this podcast, you know, perhaps are a little more willing to do that. So yeah, do that's it. True. That's true. <laughs> Partner so. selection and relationship satisfaction isn't something that there is a blanket answer for, but we do hope that these considerations help you as you continue to navigate dating, getting to know someone new or enjoy your blissfully single life. You don't have to date. But if you want to, you know, that's why we do these episodes so that you can have fun doing it. 
And I had fun recording this episode, Claire. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> I am heading off to LA this weekend to hang out with some of my date coaching friends. I am just absolutely thrilled. And with yeah. that, I will just remind everyone, Claire and I are available for one-on-one coaching. The best way to find us is to hit either or both of us up on Instagram, um, message us privately, message the X-Files account. We'll get in touch and we'd love to support you. Awesome. Cool. So yeah. And then if you're not quite ready for coaching, but you'd like a little bit more support and to be able to like ask us questions and things like that, then go check out our Patreon. The link is in the description and you know, you can, you can find it on Instagram as well. So yeah. And with that, we'll talk to your ears again very soon. Hi everyone. Good luck out there. Thank you for listening to X-Files a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you liked this episode, please help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by following the show on Spotify. And if you'd like to connect more with us and learn about breakup coaching, find us on Instagram at X-Files Podcast.